0: Hey, this is Dave Ryder from New Spring Church here in beautiful Perth, Western Australia. Really praying that this message is going to help you. If you'd like some more information about our story, just head to newspring.org.au. The title of today's um, message is called Mystery Wrapped in Ordinary. Mystery Wrapped in Ordinary. This is a really important concept for us as followers of Jesus Christ to grasp mystery wrapped in ordinary. Now, we as humans, we're, we are easily drawn to mystery, aren't we? We love it. I mean, who, who, who loves the unknown, the mystery, you know? People turn towards it. We're intrigued by it. You know, we write books about it. We, we, we produce movies about it. We literally um, will give our life resources in pursuing that which seems otherly. Um, we'll rocket to the moon we're planning to live on Mars you know that, were like, like people seriously want to live on Mars crazy <laughs> live on Mars we want to dive into the unknown depths of the ocean there is something about mystery there's something about the unknown there's something about the otherly that really intrigues us and, and makes us turn towards it and not just turn towards it we want to kind of pursue it but when it comes to the ordinary um, not so much you know, no one really turns up for the ordinary. You know what I'm saying? Now, yesterday, my brother, who is a, for some reason, a Docker supporter, right? So he plans um, to take me to the Fremantle game yesterday. So I went, all right? You know, I graciously went. And I'm over there and I'm looking around in the stadium. Do you know what? That stadium, that was empty, man. I'm looking around. I've been there for an Eagles game. I'm looking around, and I'm looking at the people over there. It was, it was empty. You know why? Because they had this, ant- this anticipation that the Fremantle Dockers they were just going to be a really ordinary team on that day. No one thought they were going to win. Everyone thought they were going to get absolutely smashed. And guess what? No one rocks up for ordinary, do they? No one rocks up for ordinary. Little did they know. <laughs> that was one of the best games I've ever seen in my life. Anyway, but no one rocks up for ordinary. So because of that, there's actually a real challenge that's put upon the church and put upon followers of Jesus Christ. There's a demand that's placed upon us because we will discover, especially today as we look through scripture, that the mystery of the kingdom of God is actually locked away in things that look very ordinary. And when I say the kingdom of God is locked away, we need to understand that when God locks something away, God is not locking something away from you. He is locking something away for you. That is a very big distinctive. And if we have this worldview, when we have this mindset that I don't, I don't go to ordinary things, I want to go to extraordinary things, I don't want to go to things, you know, just mundane, beige and all that. And, and yet when Jesus comes, the creator of the universe, God himself, and he presents a kingdom of God um, kind of perspective and actually says, this is how the kingdom of God breaks in and breaks through into this world. And we've got this mindset, I don't like ordinary, yet Jesus says, if you want the mystery of the kingdom of God is actually wrapped up in the ordinary, we need to pay attention. And sometimes the world may be going this way. Hey, you know what? There could even be a lot of like uh, like churches going this way. And yet the Lord says, no, you need to go this way. And say, but Jesus, that's exciting. And he says, that may look exciting, but if you want true power, you're going to have to go this way. This is something that um, people just didn't get about Jesus and they still don't get about Jesus. The mystery of the kingdom of God is locked away in what is perceived as just so ordinary and can even easily just be walked past. In this series, we've learned so far that Jesus has one solitary message that he is continually preaching. He is continually um, talking about. He is continually teaching. Mark 1 verse 15, The kingdom of God is near. In other words, the kingdom of God is within reach. In other words, the kingdom of God is like right there. There is such a thin veil between where you are and the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is near, therefore repent. What does that word mean? To change your thinking. In other words, in light of the kingdom of God being so close to where you are right now, change what you think about absolutely everything. Repent, in other words, which is the word we use now. Change your thinking and step into it. And for the remainder of his journey, as he's sort of walking, as he's going from village to village, he is teaching and he is demonstrating what it looks like when the kingdom of God starts to break in and to break forth into a decaying world, which is passing away. You see, every day we have a choice to make where we put our faith into a kingdom that is coming to pass or a world that is passing away. They are the only two options that we have. And this is what Jesus does. And you think like as Jesus is doing that, you think people would understand. People don't understand. And because people don't understand, there is conflict and there is big conflict, huge conflict, (laughs) huge conflict. Um, And you think that when there is this kind of this conflict and it's almost like there's a clash between two kingdoms, you think maybe Jesus, maybe you should start playing nice. Maybe you should start taking a step backwards and Jesus never Takes a step backwards. He does absolutely everything on his own terms. And guess what? Jesus still does everything on his own terms. He still does, doesn't he? Do you know that? Does that sometimes frustrate you? He's like, Jesus, why don't you do it my way? And he says, because I'm God and you're not. <laughs> you know? He does everything on his own terms. Whenever Jesus encounters opposition, especially like reading through the Gospel of my pay attention Because as soon as opposition comes, he starts speaking in parables. We sometimes think, oh, aren't these cute little parables? You know, they're so so quaint and all that. They're lovely parables, but they are created and they are crafted to shake your world like nothing else. And every time there is opposition to Jesus, he starts speaking in parables. The very first time he talks about new wine and old wineskins, doesn't he? Remember that? He talks about new cloth and old cloth. In other words, he's saying when something new is breaking in, you need to expect that the old stuff needs to break off. And that is the same reality in your life and my life, even today. Whenever we perceive, whenever we discern that God is doing something brand new in my life, in my family, in my church, in my season, if there is something new that is starting to break into your world, you need to actually anticipate and and, and kind of have the eyes to see that means all stuff is going to break off. Because if I do not allow the old stuff to break off, guess what? That wineskin is going to burst, it's going to tear. You know what I'm saying? Maybe there's some new stuff that's breaking in. And you're just holding on to the old. You know what? If you keep holding on to the old, and I don't have to read from Scripture. I can tell you from personal experience. If you keep holding on to the old when God wants to bring something new, it's going to hurt you. Because that old wineskin cannot contain the new. And it'll burst open. That's true, isn't it? Has anyone had that experience before? You learn pretty fast, hopefully. (laughs) So that's what happens. Now in chapter 4, this is where we are right now. This is happening straight after a huge conflict. Huge conflict. Such a big conflict. In fact, Jesus has been accused of colluding with Satan himself. Huge conflict. And this is when he starts speaking in these parables, in this parable section. Um, a couple of weeks ago, um, Craig started this. But let me read from uh, verse 1 of chapter 4, um, which reads like this. Once again, Jesus began teaching at the lakeside. A very large crowd soon gathered around him, and he got into a boat. Then he sat in the boat while all the people remained on the shore. He taught them by telling many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen. A farmer went out to plant some seed. This is how he starts. He says, listen. What's really interesting, what's really cool about this is that before Jesus goes on to actually tell people what the story is or what the parable is, he actually lets people know what the parable is all about. He says, listen. Everyone say, listen. listen. That is weak. Everyone say, listen. 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 I'm a lot further from you. I can't hear you. He says, Listen. You may, you may be thinking, oh, maybe Jesus is trying to get their attention. Jesus is not trying to get their attention. He just had to get into a boat because he's getting overcrowded by them. So he had to step out there. Everyone's already paying attention. But what he's doing, he's saying, this is what this parable about, this most important parable. This parable, if you understand this parable, you understand all parables. This is what it's about listening. How are you listening? How are you listening? How do you listen? How you listen? Our ability to listen determines everything. Our ability to listen to Jesus determines everything. Determines everything. And before we kind of go on to the, the, the section I want to talk about really today, after that, from verse 24, it says this. Then he added, pay close attention to what you hear, the closer you listen. See, this word listens rocking up throughout the entire chapter. This is what this is all about. Parable of the soul. You know, if I do this, I get that. Uh -uh. Jesus is saying, your ability to listen to my words, to my teaching, is going to determine everything in your life. Right? Pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given and then you will receive even more. To those who listen to my teaching more understanding will be given but for those who are not listening even what little understanding they have will be taken from them this isn't just about listening this is listening to the teaching of Jesus listening to teaching of Jesus now let me ask you a question if Jesus from his own mouth from his own mouth okay if he, from his own mouth, is letting us know in this parable, which is the key to understanding the kingdom, the key to understanding every other parable, and the key, and the key to actually being able to understand how the kingdom of God is outworked in a life, in a family, in a neighbourhood, in a city, in a nation, in a world, in time and space, if this is a really important one, right? And if he is saying that this it is our ability to listen to the teaching of Jesus because teaching brings understanding, and when you get understanding, guess what? You're going to be given more. I love the fact that you're given more. You don't have to pay for more. You don't have to beg for more. If you get understanding, you're given. Did you get that? You're given more. But the key to understanding is listening. Let me ask you a question. If the mystery of the kingdom of God is locked away, not from us, but for us in something as ordinary as listening, what do you reckon a great strategy of the devil might be? that we fall for all the time. I reckon the most effective strategy, the most effective strategy, would be distraction and a worldview of self-autonomy, both of which are the scaffolding of the secular, progressive, Western, Perth culture. Wouldn't that make sense? That if Jesus saying the key to seeing the kingdom of God, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, in Camelo as it is in heaven, like right now, August fourth, twenty nineteen, like break out right now. The kingdom of God is right there. So repent, in other words, rethink everything. And the key to actually getting some of that stuff to actually outwork its way here is actually listening. Wouldn't it make sense? that the devil will try to distract us and to try to sell us this lie that all autonomy actually rests on you and not this. That makes sense, doesn't it? So now that you know, anyway, that's not even what I want to talk about really today, but that's good to know, isn't it? That's good to know. It's really good. I want to see more of the kingdom come. Heard this story, um, um, just this last week, and um, a preacher told this story. And uh, there's a story about this husband and wife. They're in the car, and, and um, <clears throat> they have a, a, have a traffic accident, right? Husband looks over to his wife. She's knocked out. She's, like, really hurt. She's, he's thinking to himself, what am I going to do? So out of the corner of his eye, he sees this house. And on the front of the house is a sign. It says, Dr. Johnson. Dr. Johnson. He thinks, I just need to get my wife to this doctor. Gets his wife, picks up his wife, runs her. To the front door, knocks on the door. <laughs> knocks on the door. Man opens up. Man says, we've just been in a car accident. My wife is like, really injured. I know you're a doctor. You need to do something. You need to help her. Doctor takes a step back says, "Well, sorry. I don't practice medicine anymore. I'm not a practicing doctor. Man looks him in the eye. Probably more civilized than what I would be. Looks him in the eye and says, sir, you've got two choices right now. You can either help my wife... Or oh, you go get rid of that sign that told me that if I brought my wife to your house, you could help her. We call ourselves a church. I call myself a Christian. But if someone rocks up to this house and they're in need. Someone rocks up to our house and they've been tormented and they've got illness or they're distraught. They rock up to my place and they need the kingdom of God to break into their world. That is not the moment where I step back and say, you know what? I'm not a, I'm not, we're not a practicing church, you know? I'm not a practicing Christian. You either get to work or we get rid of that sign out there. You know what I'm saying? They're the only options. But in order to see more of the kingdom of God breaking in and breaking forth, Jesus is telling us how. He's telling us how. He tells us how it happens. We've got worship experiences. You know what? We do a pretty good worship experience here. We do. I've got to be honest. We we, we do pretty good. When I first came here, there were certain things which I wanted to actually bring here. One of the things which I really wanted to bring here is that I wanted Armadale to feel really spoilt. I wanted Armandale to feel spoiled. I wanted the people of this church, as the leader of this church, I wanted the people of this church to feel very spoiled and very blessed. And regardless of what people think, I believe that you're spoiled and you're blessed. We do things really well. We do things really well. We can do buildings. We can build buildings. We can have conferences. We can have programs. But the question which I've been really wrestling with over the last year is like, where is that same power that raised Christ from the dead. Because evidently, apparently, according to Scripture, that same power resides inside of me. And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, that same power resides inside of you. So there must be a way of actually seeing an outworking of that same power in our life. Because I can come, I can shout, I can dance, and I can sing, and I can preach. But when I leave this place, I want my hands, I want my feet to actually see the kingdom breaking in and breaking forth. In this world. I want to see that power. Do you want to see that power? Man, we want to see that power. Jesus said, Jesus said, Jesus said, you know the things I'm doing? You're going to do even greater things. Even greater things. Even greater things. And Jesus says, he gives this, this parable about the kingdom of God. He says, like a sower sowing a seed. The way that we see the kingdom breaking in, breaking forth. All is dependent and determined on our ability to listen to the teaching of Jesus. Because the way that we listen determines if we understand. Proverbs 4 says, get wisdom even if it costs you anything. In all thy getting, get understanding. In all thy getting, get understanding. You don't have to beg for it. So how are we going to receive the teaching of Jesus? Well, I pray for this year in particular as we've journeyed through the gospel of Mark that there has been a new hunger and there's been a new delight for the word of God. I pray that the Holy Spirit will come upon you and he will just be nagging you and he will just be whispering to you and he will just be revealing secret after secret after secret and there will be an insatiable appetite for the word of God. It's going to be good. We're going to launch something on September 8th. I'll start speaking about it maybe next week. But it is going to up the ante with our hunger for Scripture and the Word of God. It's going to be remarkable. So what I really wanted to focus on, I said all that just to get to this little verse, a couple of verses from verse 26. I want to actually look look at this seed. All right? So Jesus talking about the Word of God, talking about seed, talking about the heart, all this stuff. But then from verse 26 to 29, we get this really great glimpse into what happens when the seed actually gets planted. You know, the whole issue in the, in the parable of the sower is like, how are you going to listen to Jesus teaching? Like, are you going to allow Jesus teaching to actually get planted? So that's a whole different thing. But if we're in that place where the teaching of the Lord actually does get planted in a heart, It's quite remarkable what happens. So from verse 26, um, Jesus goes on. He says, Jesus also said, The kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, while he's asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows, but he does not understand how it happens. The earth produces the crops on its own. First, the leaf blade pushes through. Then the head of the wheat are formed. And finally, the grain ripens. And as soon as the grain is ready, the farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle, for the harvest time has come. What an odd little story. That's weird, right? Like, Jesus, you've got all this stuff, and you kind of just insert this little story. This is like an odd story. And the oddness of this story really becomes evident for anyone who knows anything about farming or gardening, right? Now, I'm a pastor. I'm not very... Discipline when it comes to gardening. Andrew tends to do more of that. But if you come to our house, you will see we grow weeds. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm good at growing weeds. If people appreciated weeds more, <laughs> we should have like a weed appreciation day or something, you know? <laughs> but you understand, like, even, in your own, even in your own house, you're like that too, aren't you, Levi? Yeah, you like weeds too. <laughs> And some of those weeds even have flowers, you know, so anyway. The oddness of this parable, got to pay attention to it, is that the farmer scatters seed on the soil, but that's it. He doesn't do any tending. He doesn't do anything. He just scatters the seed on the soil. And that's what's odd about this. And we already know it, like you put a seed in your hand, I mean, seeds are very ordinary, they're insignificant. In fact, they look dead, don't they? looks dead. The thing is, you can get a grain of wheat from 4,000 years ago and plant it here today and it'll grow. We've done that. Thousands of years ago, you get a seed, you plant it, that thing still grows, even though it looks dead. But the odd thing about this thing is that he's not doing anything. It says night and day while he's asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and it grows, and he doesn't understand how it happened. The seed, this seed, it looks harmless. It's negligible. The farmer may even be unaware that anything is happening. He doesn't even know that how it happens, but somehow this thing grows. Verse 28 says, The earth produces the crops on its own. There's an interesting Greek word which is kind of put there on its own. Automate. We get the word automatic from it. Automate. But the, but the meaning and the, and the thrust of that word is that this is not a domesticated seed. Right? It's not a domesticated seed. You know, like for us, like if we want to grow something, where do we go? We go to Bunnings. Right? <laughs> Drive down to Bunnings and they sell seeds there. And the great thing about these seeds is that they're in these packets, and you get the packet, and it's got a lovely picture on the front. So you can say, oh, this is what it's going to look like. Isn't that lovely? Then you turn it over, and you get all the instructions, and, and what to do, and all that. Have you ever got one of those seeds? This is a domesticated seed. Then you put it there, and you can even put, like, these stakes next to it. So, so if I put stakes next to, to a certain type of seed, I can actually try to control how the seed grows. I can really do that. I can actually control a lot of things. This seed... Is not domesticated. Automate. It is wild. Farmer sows a seed, goes about his business. His business during the day, his business during the night. That seed grows. He has no idea how. Automate. It's wild. The seed contains within itself the power of generation and growth. But it's wild. It is wild. When the kingdom of God starts to break through the ground, in other words, you need to throw out every preconceived idea and notion and expectation that you have because when the kingdom of God, when that first blade starts to shoot through the ground, the kingdom of God is not tame, it is not domesticated, and it will not pander to your expectations or to my expectation. It is Otherness It is wild. It's the mystery of the kingdom of God. Night and day, day and night. I don't know how it does it, and obviously it's obviously going to take some time because I'm walking past that soil and nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. Day and night, night and day, nothing's happening. Day and night, night and days, nothing happening. But as soon as that first leaf breaks through the ground. It is on. And everything you thought, this is what makes the way we do church at the moment so ridiculous. Because at the moment, we're trying to do franchise church, right? Like McDonald's. This one looks the same as this one. This one looks the same as this one. But if the the Word of God is wild and not domesticated, so you can't control it. Now, you may may go through a season, and we certainly have as New Spring. We've gone through a season where we're walking day and night, night and day, Nothing. Day and night, night and day, nothing. Day and night, night and day, nothing. But as soon as that blade shoots through the ground, it is on. This is what Jesus is saying. And we try to craft and we try to program and we try to do this. But you need to understand that if the Word of God is this wild, it's this untamed, that, that this church, what, what God is going to do in this church, we can't control it. We can't do a franchise New Spring here. And you, you can't do it. The seed simply does not allow for it. Are you picking that up? This is what is happening in Jesus' life. He is the embodiment of the kingdom of God, He is the King Himself. And there's conflict and there's opposition. Why? Because the expectations. This is what they thought. This, uh, you know, they, they, they had this one, you know, when Messiah comes, when the king comes, he's going to establish his kingdom instantly, cataclysmically, universally. It's going to be immediately, he will come and he will vanquish Rome and we will be like the, the, the ruler of the nations. He will rule with an odd of iron. In other words, this is what they thought. When the Messiah comes, when the king comes, it's going to be quick. It's going to be immediate. It's going to be extraordinary growth. And guess what? We still want the same today. That's what they were expecting then. That's what we expect now. Jesus rocks up on the scene and they didn't even recognize, oh my goodness, he's the one we're waiting for. He's the one the prophets are speaking of. It is so obvious as you go through the prophets, as you go through the law, if you look at the Old Testament, it's so obvious. Isaiah 53 speaks to a day when Israel will look back. It includes the birth of Christ, the death of Christ, the resurrection of Christ. But it goes beyond to a day when Israel will look back and say, oh, my goodness. He was stricken for us. Transgression. And we didn't know it. It points to a day when Israel will turn to Jesus. This is wild stuff. This is really, really wild stuff. The kingdom takes time to break in and break forth. Night and day, day and night, night and day, day and night. But when that first leaf breaks through the ground, we, as followers of Jesus, we need to lay down every preconceived idea, every thought Every notion about what we thought was going to happen, and we kind of planned this was going to go like this. Because this thing's wild and it's untamed. Because it is the mystery of the kingdom. Is that exciting or unsettling for us? Bit of both. <laughs> Bit of both. Israel's problems is because they. They thought they knew that was their problem. And because they thought they knew, when the king rocked up, they didn't recognize him. The problem with Dave Ryder, who's been in this vocation of pastoring for about 20 years now, been going to church since the age of one, you know. The problem with Dave Ryder is that I think I know. That's my problem. I wonder if that's your problem, but that's my problem. And when the kingdom of God starts to break through the ground, sometimes you don't recognize it. Jeremiah 23, 29 says this, Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces. Is not my word like fire? That excites me. Because this word... As it's planted. And for those of us who have ears to hear, let them hear. When that first blade cuts through the ground, I imagine what this region could look like with the fire of God just running rampantly through it. My goodness. Those hard places, hard hearts, and God says, Well, you know what's something, Dave? My word is like a hammer. And anything hard in your way, I'll crash it. come on. Isaiah 55 verse 11. Are you guys picking something up today? Are you picking up more than just words? Are you picking up what the Spirit of God is saying to New Spring? Because that's what I'm praying. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit of the Lord says. To his church, Isaiah fifty-five verse eleven. So my word that so is my word that goes from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Like notice the emphasis here. To understand how committed God is to just being God, right? He's really committed to just being God. This is what he says. He says, "So is my word, my word, that goes forth out of my mouth." It will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent. This whole thing is resting on God. This seed, if we get the seed sown day and night, night and day, we're not doing anything, church. That seed is working. Day and night, night and day in your marriage. Day and night, night and day in your workplace. Day and night, night and day, any arena of your life. If you've been disciplined, do not be distracted, but hearing the teaching of Jesus, which brings understanding, which will give you some more. Day and night, night and day, wherever you are in your area of your life, Day and night, night and day, it looks like nothing is happening, but something is because that seed which has been sown has the power in and of itself to do exactly what God has determined for it to do. This is completely dependent and relying on God and not you you or me. Our only responsibility is to listen to the words of Jesus. Day and night, night and day, but as soon as that first blade, come on. You can easily walk past that first blade. Where is it in your life? What do you believe in God, in your region, in your neighbourhood? What is the thing that breaks your heart? Is it a family and, and, and you kind of know in this family there is such brokenness and hurt in this family? Day and night, night and day, Andrew's come across a lady in the kids' school, randomly, apparently, providentially. And there was such brokenness and hurt. And this is going to take some seed. It's like, like I don't know, it just seems to be getting worse, doesn't it? It seems to be getting worse. Day and night, night and day, day and night, night and day. I'm talking about the writer household, I'm talking about this household. The sign of maturity is that your eyes are taken off yourself on other people, you know. That's a sign of maturity. If it's all me, 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 it's going to be very, very difficult for yourself to be refreshed when Scripture says, he who refreshes another will himself be refreshed. It's going to be very difficult to be restored. It's going to be very difficult to find your life when Jesus says, you're going to find your life if you give it away. What are the areas? Look for that blade of the kingdom because then it is on like nothing else. A couple of times in Mark, Jesus repeats. I think he repeats to get something through to us. Verse 9 says, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Verse 23 says, If anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. How are we listening today? How distracted. Do you and I get today? Who has the final authority in our life today? Is it Jesus or is it me? Jesus says in verse 24 as we come to a close, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given and you will receive even more. To those who are listening to my teaching, more understanding will be given. The mystery of the kingdom of God is wrapped up in something as ordinary and something as neglected is listening to Jesus.